This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I'm going to open up today's show by paying homage to Mikey and Big Bob, the great oh, morning show cool. hosts from Kiss Morning Freak Show. Yeah. You, all, you all know them. They're legends here in this part. Let me pay a little homage to them in a recent commercial it. that they Hit did me. by going, Kenny, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> what a game, huh? What a game. Two touchdown passes two for the first time in his career. Two tutties. Still waiting on 300 yards. That's the yards. first time we've been able to go two tutties. He had 300 yards in a game Oh, I, But you know what it was? Not in a winning effort, It was the though. Buffalo game where uh-huh. it was all garbage time. Yeah. torched in that yeah. game, but he did put up 300 yards. But two tutties. Two tutties. Through the air. Wow, I forgot how long it's been since I've heard you say two that. Two tutties. Yeah, <laughs> and it feels damn good to say it. I don't think Kenny Pickett went out there and looked like Joe Montana by any stretch of the imagination, but man, did he look good yesterday, or excuse me, on Sunday on Night Sunday Football. Night, yeah. He looked like the Kenny we saw through the preseason. He was poised in the pocket. He made accurate throws, and Dale Ollie put it best. I heard him say this. It was either on the drive I was listening to or, or he was on Mark. He probably said it on both places. Right. He made his layups. And that's exactly. how you can get an offense to stay on schedule, and that's how you can really see the fruits of a Matt Canada's offense's labor. Mm-hmm. You got to hit your layups. Kenny wasn't in the first two weeks. He was hitting them on Sunday night against the Raiders, and you see what it does. No, they didn't put up 40 points. Mm-hmm. They didn't look like the Miami Dolphins, but they looked better than they have in the past year and a half mm-hmm. offensively. And I know the defense did the lion's share as well uh, of keeping that game, you know, keeping the Raiders down for the most part in that game until late. But you got your offense to score two touchdowns mm-hmm. for you. You put Boswell in a position to make three more field goals. Boz, talking you, about getting back into rhythm. Exactly. 57-yarder. Oh, bang, man. Right down the middle. Man, it would have been good for that like 64. Good. That looked real good. So there's so much positive to take away from the offense, and I get that you still don't look like the all-pro you could go into Miami, you could go into Kansas City, you could go into Philadelphia and keep up with those type I of teams. I you included Miami in there. Well, I mean, we all oh, know what boy. they did. But you're at least getting on the track to get to that level now. And after the first two weeks when the offense was spinning their tires, I was getting pretty worried about things. Um, put my worries at bed at least for another week because I saw the quarterback play well and I saw the offense actually do some things that looked like a modern offense. And... Uh, all of that, I think, creates momentum towards building the offense in, or towards the offense mm-hmm. getting to that next level, that level that you need to be in 2023 to win in the playoffs. I mean, you're going to win 10, 11 games with that kind of offense and the defense the Steelers have just because there's only like five good teams in the NFL right now. <laughs> when you get to the playoffs, you got to score points. And yeah, once you get I, to the playoffs, like you might playing, be able to now. Once you get to the playoffs, you got to play good teams and only good teams. And even though, like, and I agree with you right now, Tom, that only a, a handful of teams really scare you as potential Super Bowl threats. But once you get to the dance, I mean, that's all that matters, right? I mean, the Steelers, look at them. Uh, the sixth seed to uh, the first, sorry, the first sixth seed to go on the road win all all three rounds in the playoff on the road and then make it to the Super Bowl and then win that Super Bowl when they did it in Super Bowl 40. Mm-hmm. You can't cut out any team when you make it to the playoffs. I know we were talking about Tampa Bay being that 8-9 team to host the Cowboys, but a lot of us were favoring the Bucks in that game. And, I mean, obviously they lost, but you look back to, like, what was it, 2011, when the, when the uh, Super Bowl champion defending uh, – Super Bowl defending champions – 
New Orleans Saints were on the road against the 7-9 Seattle Seahawks, what happened? It was the birth of beast mode. You can't count out any team once you get to the playoffs. And I'm with you right now. I think they're a team that looks capable of getting to the playoffs. Again, it's only been three weeks, but the turnaround since week one when they lost 30-7, to they've put up points now on offense. This week, they put up points on defense last week. And one thing too, Tom, is... And I think a lot of people have this takeaway. The Browns' defense and the C- and the San Fran defense are looking like maybe defense A and defense B in terms of league standings. So it wasn't like you were going up against a typical Browns team. And that the Browns you- might be A in that equation. Actually. I mean, they might be A. Dude, they've given up one touchdown in three weeks. They, they average just over 100 yards on total offense against. Not just pass. Total offense against, they average like 150 yards per game or something like that. Hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say, and Kenny Pickett's the only quarterback to throw a touchdown pass against that Browns defense. I mean, I know he looked terrible in that Browns game, but he looked better than Tannehill did. You know, I mean, he t- looked yeah. better than Burrow did. Right. So, I mean, yes, I agree with you that I think that's part of what happened on Sunday in Vegas as well. And- the variables on the defensive side of the ball changed. Kenny looked overwhelmed at times against the Niners right. and the Browns. There's not as much pressure against that Raiders defense that you're facing against Garrett and Abosa and the the compliments that they have around them on both of those mm. teams. So like maybe getting on the road helped a little bit, you know, getting out of his own stadium, getting away from, you know, the pressure of the home fans, although it was basically a home game in Vegas as well. And also I think, you know, you take a, a step down in competition defensively and you need to see Kenny look better and he did. And one thing I'll say, too, is you can't expect Kenny to go up against San Fran and Cleveland and then face Vegas and say, oh, well, he's faced the hardest test, so the first time he doesn't, he's got to put up 40 points. No, it's not going to be that quick of a turnaround. I think the fact that you saw him put up 23 points on offense was a legitimate step in the right direction. Again, he doesn't he doesn't have to put up 40 every week for you to think that it was a, it was a good week from him. The fact that he struggled in weeks 1 and 2 on offense, but show that against a weak defense he can he can bounce back, right? It's all about the bounce back. It's all about the character. Is he able to kind of play that mindset of it's another week. It's like Mike T always preaches. It's a new week. We're focused on this week's opponent, and that's it. We've already forgotten about last week. Last week doesn't matter. They were one and one going into into Sunday night. They were two and one after Sunday night. Kenny had two touchdown drives. And one thing, Tom, that I, I'd like to point out is you saw it all from this offense, right? It wasn't that you saw like you did last year with a 14-play, 95-yard drive, or not even last year, the the only touchdown drive they had against the San Francisco 49ers in opening week. That's what it was, right? Like a 13-play, something like that, 96-yard drive. On Sunday night against the Raiders, A, you had a splash play, the the pass to Calvin Austin. Two two weeks in a row now, big splash play. 72-yarder to Pickens, 75-yarder to Calvin. But Honestly, Tom, as much as I loved seeing that, because obviously we know there was none of that last year, or very little of that Can last year. I take the words right out of your mouth? You like the other you drive like better. You like the Fryer drive better. Absolutely. It was a more complete showing. again, all we saw last year, for the most part, we saw 14 play, 15 play, 85, 90, 95 yard drives, five minutes, seven minutes. This was a six play, three and a half minute drive. Love it. Love it, and you need to score, too. Tom never got the third down. 
That's a rarity for the Steelers. Three team. first downs, four if you want to include the touchdown. Although they're not the best at converting third downs, so I mean maybe but it's better that they didn't. But they didn't get to a third down. Let's look at some of the plays that they hit on this. Uh, Pickett short left to Pickens that goes for seventeen yards. Mm-hmm. That's a chunk again, right but there. that's that's a play that you didn't see out of Kenny. Right, that like you said, he made that layup. Short pass to Jalen Warren, he takes it sixteen yards. Pat Frymuth catches the ball in the middle of the field for fourteen yards. Najee Harris uh, uh, went 17 yards. Um, That's the play he got hurt on. Yeah, he got hurt But a he showed bit. top, uh, and he got back up after that I play. I mean, 14-yard play, 13-yard play, 16-yard f- uh, play, 17-yard play, and then the 13-yard touchdown. Those are chunkers. You're getting first downs every single mm-hmm. time you complete one of those plays. So, yeah, 81 yards in six plays, that's a breath of fresh air right there. Mm. And then to not stall out at the end and have to have Boswell right, come on for another right. field goal. Which we've Pat seen so zone. often is you've shown that you can move the ball, but then for some reason once you, you get close out. to the red zone, Maybe yeah, you, get a you stall penalties, out. penalties, something like that. But I think that's also in part of when you have 15, 16 play drives, you're going to get a penalty eventually. It's just math. Mm-hmm. The odds are against you there. A six play drive, that's exactly what modern offense is about. It only took two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, Two minutes and ten seconds, really? Oh wait, hold on. Is it three three minutes and ten seconds? I believe three minutes and nineteen. Yeah, but still, it's still fast. It's still still fast compared to last year when they ate up almost half a quarter to Mm -hmm. get a touchdown. That is the more modern thing that you're looking for out of this team is to score. Not you do have the quick strike with the Calvin Austin play, but then also you know a six seven play drive. That gives you 80 yards down the field. Yeah. And finishes with that exclamation point. And what was weird, too, about like we keep comparing the old drives, you can even compare it to the San Francisco game because that was in crunch time. That was within, that was like a two minute warning kind of drive, right? It, it, the weird part was is that they still managed to get in under two minutes' time 12 plays off. I don't know how that's possible. You know why it's possible? Because they had so many plays that went for zero or negative yards or Kenny threw an incomplete pass. Tom, one thing, another note of that drive against the Raiders that resulted in the Pat Farmer touchdown, zero, count them, zero incompletions by Kenny Pickett on mm. that drive. Mwah, mamma mia. I love it. I love it. This is a game. Cleveland was a win where we felt bad afterwards. Yes. Because the defense scored two touchdowns and outscored the offense Mm -hmm. 14 to 12. This is a game where you win, and I feel good because the defense made plays. I know they're going to make plays, though. Right. The offense made plays. They could have made even more than they actually did, The offense made more than one play. Let's put Mm -hmm. it like that. And just staying with Pickett for this episode, Kenny Pickett, because that's the key to this whole thing. When he looked like he did in the first two weeks, I was depressed because, yeah. first of all, I'm a huge pit man and I love Kenny mm-hmm. like a son. But also because that's the, you don't get to, you know, be a contender perennially just trying to piece things together with the quarterback position and hope your defense carries you year in and year out. That variable of the quarterback being a stud keeps you in things for decades. And, I don't want to make Kenny into being he's going to be a Burrow, he's going to be a Mahomes, he's going to be somebody that you know the Steelers will win 10 to 12 games every year guaranteed because he's under center. But, you know, when you're a first-round pick, those expectations are kind of there already. You, you don't get picked in the first round at the quarterback position unless a team in their scouting department fully believes that you can be a franchise guy, that you can be here for a decade plus and and consistently win for a decade plus and be one of the main reasons why you mm-hmm. consistently win. And you didn't see that in the first two weeks and you yeah. get worried, but then you saw it in the second. You, 
Ah, a little sigh of relief there because you finally saw Kenny start to put things together against the Raiders. And the Calvin Austin play. We'll talk about the two touchdowns. Yeah, let's do it. The Austin one. That dude hung in that pocket for a long time and he got hammered. Mm-hmm. But he delivered a dime. Mm-hmm. And I think in the prior weeks, he was feeling the pressure. And that's maybe why you saw the accuracy go for him. He sat in that pocket, didn't panic, didn't break out of the pocket, let his protection do their thing, stepped up, got hang- it was maybe Crosby. He was kind of all over him all game, but hammered when he released that ball. Mm-hmm. There's a rainbow. It was a beautiful <laughs> strike right in the breadbasket, in stride. Okay. Austin didn't have to stop at all. Yeah. You know, if he stops even for a second, he gets caught, and that's only a 60 yard gain, only a 55 yard gain. But that kid's too fast. I mean, he's if you hit him in stride, people, he's gone, yeah. and he does. Home run from the Steelers. But the poise to stay in the pocket right. was massive. And then on the other side, in the prior move play, play action, you roll Kenny out, mm-hmm. he throws on the run, and that's a huge strength. That almost, it was almost the same play you saw from the Ravens game last Where year. Where he hit Najee. Yeah. More improvised on that one because, because the pocket the rush, was This the, the was a design rollout. Right, right, right. I like that Canada had him rolling out sometimes mm-hmm. in this game. Kenny's great at throwing on the run. That's one of his biggest strengths. Right. To the point where it almost becomes a weakness, he breaks out of the pocket too soon. Uh-huh. Didn't do that against the Raiders. He showed an ability, like I said in the Austin play and several others, to stay in the pocket when he has to. But then he also showed, let me break out of here. Let me go outside of the tackle, You know, throw on the run. And he had great success in that as well. And I'll go one further, too. Something that we weren't seeing as much from Kenny was his mobility. And I know it got called. Saw that ba- one first down run that got called back. But then he ran again for the first right. down on the very next play. I mean, play. That, 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 that run he had to the two-yard line, oh, my God. He was pumped, too. He, I mean, you saw that's, he knows he can do that. As much as, like, a, a, I'm sure he felt great after the second touchdown pass and the first touchdown pass and feeling it running the, Sometimes maybe just a quick run like that is what really can trigger the I brain think, to be like, okay, I, I, the game isn't too fast for me. I just outran everybody mm-hmm. on the defense. I can do this. I think this game, again, it wasn't 40-7. to 7. It wasn't something like that. It was more subtle. But I think this game is going to have the potential to have long-term benefits for this offense. And you couple that with Deontay Johnson could return in a couple of weeks. And once that happens, maybe Kenny and the rest of the offense have really fully found their stride. I mean, you have a couple of... Tom, <clears throat> Mark Madden was on the morning show today, and he brought this up. Madden, you know, is not is not the, the biggest... is not the smallest critic of the Steelers, I'll say that. I think he predicted at the beginning of the year 9-8 and eight or 10-7, and seven, you would know. 9-8 right? and eight was his prediction, yes. And he said that because he thought he looked at the Steelers' schedule before the season started and said... This is an easy schedule. They should eke out nine wins. And he said on the morning show today that he thinks the schedule looks even easier. Now, you go up against the Texans. The Ravens will be tough at home. But the Rams, not the same team we thought we saw in week one. The Jags, surely not the same team we we thought we knew in the preseason. You have the Titans. You have the Packers at home. And you have the Browns. I mean, in that span from, from what, week four to like week eight, yeah. There's a lot of winnable games in there that you can build wins and build confidence in the offense. That Rams one, that was so weird. Uh, after that first week, I was so sure that they're going to go out there and right. lose. And the same but thing with Seattle. Bye week. Same thing with Seattle, too. Yeah, and then it flipped back. And right. flipped back to where it should be. Right. Seattle looks like a playoff team, and the Rams... Don't. I mean, I don't want to yeah. say the Rams look terrible. I, here's a little aside. 
I think the AFC North is just kicking everybody's ass that they've played, other than the Steelers Niners. But everybody or, or else, the Bengals. The, but the Bengals defense dominated that Rams offense. Right. But uh, the, the Bengals Ra- offense might be like the one the, unit that's just right. not playing to what the you Ravens think it could. defense was supposed to be the question mark this year for them. And lo and behold, the boogeyman is injuries. Uh-huh. Tell me if that. you've heard that yeah, one right. before. The Ravens are an injured team. But their defense has been really good in the first few games for Baltimore. And I mean, they. <laughs> It wasn't their fault that they lost to the Colts. Lamar Jackson couldn't hold on to the football. He fumbled like three times. Mm-hmm. And, you know. So Darius Smith is exactly what they needed. I'm just saying, defense. like, I, I am looking at these defenses in the AFC North. And, yes, the Niners housed the Steelers. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, unless you're the juggernaut teams, I bet a lot of teams have a lot of trouble, especially when they have to go into AFC North stadiums this year. That, that division is kind of a, and this is weird to say with Joe Burrow lurking there, but it's still a, a bit of a throwback of a division. You know, you still got to hit hard to right. play in the AFC North. Right. And, and not every, I don't think every other division's like that in the NFL anymore. Mm. No, I mean, look at, I mean, I know this wasn't an AFC North matchup, but the hit Cole Holcomb laid out on Devontae Adams. But that's kind of my point is what yeah. I'm saying is like these teams play in the AFC North and they got to be ready to strap the yeah, chin strap right. a little extra tighter. Like, you can't tell me that you were surprised the Rams didn't score a touchdown against the Bengals. Like, the Bengals' defense is okay. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of changeover. There's some dudes up there. It's, they sure miss Jesse Bates, who's killing it in Atlanta. He's amazing. They should have, but they couldn't keep him because they got to right. pay for the offensive right. side of the ball. But yeah, like, they're, they're experiencing some changeover, but it's still a solid defense. But the Rams have been putting up points, and Nakua's been playing mm-hmm. well, and Stafford looks like himself. They were dominant. The Bengals' defense did not let Stafford breathe at all, mm-hmm. and they had an incredible game plan against the Rams. So. I'm just looking around this AFC North, and three teams are two and one. One team's one and two, and I think every one of them still has as much of a chance to win this th- division. As I'll other. just I'll I'll make one more point on the Browns. Um, the Browns adding Zadarius Smith. Right now, the Browns lead the league in defensive yardage per game allowed. The Ravens are tenth, but allow 150 yards more per game than the Browns do. That's how good the Browns' offense is right now. The Browns' offense is allowing 150 yards per game. Do you know what second place is allowing? 250 yards per game. No, the Browns are historic right now. Dude, they've given up three points in the games that have not been against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They gave mm-hmm. up three against the Bengals and three against the Titans. That's absurd. That's like, people always say, like, are the Steelers an elite defense? Well... You don't play defense like you did in the early 2000s anymore where you're blanking teams no, with you three can. points, ten points. The Browns are doing that, mm-hmm. though, in this modern era. Their point total surrendered is 3, 12, and 3. Mm-hmm. That's like Ravens 2000s, Steelers 2000s. 2000s. That's, yeah. That even's supposed to be gone. And I think that they'll probably get back towards the norm and give up like 15, 16 points per game. At some but point right now they're game. under 10. And if they continue on that track... You are, without a doubt, looking at one of the better defenses in a long time. Total defenses in, in the NFL. Just never thought you would see that this year, this quickly I also. I never thought I'd see that ever again. Yeah. And again, the sample size is only three weeks. They're probably just one game away from getting 40 hung up on them for letting that average get skewed more towards where it should be. League average right now. But, I mean, I got to tip my cap for three weeks. That's some old-school defensive football mm-hmm. where... You know, they're 3-0 and if their offense just doesn't turn the ball over against the Steelers. Right. I mean, if and, you know, if they retain their best weapon on offense, too. If yeah, Nick Chubb doesn't go down, that's like, the that's the crazy thing. Like, Chubb's down. Jerome Ford fitting right in. But the right vibes in. are kind of up on Cleveland right. now. Like, 
Chubb went down and people... It's not to say that, oh, well, Nick Chubb must not be that good if Jerome Ford can come in. That's not the case. No, I think it's the defense is so yeah. overwhelmingly good. Mm-hmm. Coupled with Deshaun Watson playing a decent game, although <laughs> one of the worst plays I've ever seen in my life. I so Did you see the play where he was getting sacked and threw it backwards? Right, threw it backwards. And the Browns recovered, but that was a three-point game. It was like 3 nothing at that point. The Titans recover that. It's a whole different ball game. Do you think that was like his final exorcism? Like, let me get a this, this football. crappy football yeah. out of me real quick with one Possible. of the most egregiously bad plays. Because Jacob, he threw two t- two tutties and he had two hundred eighty nine <laughs> yards. Like he played well after. Yeah, that he 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 played bad. This is probably his best game. Best game as a Brown. As a Brown. Yeah, for sure. Numbers wise, definitely. I mean, you're again. You know, that's a game that I think Kenny Pickett could have when the Steelers face the Titans defense in a couple of weeks. The Titans are no team to be afraid of right now. And I think you know. Kenny, I don't want to sit here and make excuses because I want my quarterback to go against the Browns and the, the Niners of the world and play well against elite defenses. But Charlie Batch brought up a really good point. This was game 16 for Kenny. He's still a game away from a full season mm-hmm. of playing starting quarterback. He's still essentially a rookie out there, and sometimes the elite defenses can really shake your confidence. I think the Raiders build his confidence back up and then I think this week you're playing another defense that's lacking in the pass department. So I think, you know, these are two matchups here before you go home and face the Ravens again to really start to get that mojo working, baby, <laughs> like Tomlin said. And once the Ravens come here with a little bit of a step up defensively, you're ready for that step up. Yeah, I, I the, it's it's crazy how much we have to unpack in just three weeks of the season. There are oh, a that's lot football, of football, baby. That's what I know. NFL's the I know, best. of course. But what the weird thing is too, and now is that you're kind of in it. You know, you can't, you can no longer say that you're only one week in or two weeks in. You're, you're technically, if this was every season up until what three years ago, when the season was still 16 games long, you're a quarter of the way through at this point. Yeah, no question. So I mean, things are starting to put themselves into perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. like Teams are starting to tell you who they really are. Uh, Kyle Branton, Good Morning Football crew, love them. Watch them every morning. Um, wake up with my kid at 7 a.m. And, and boom, they're the first thing there for me. Keep my sanity. He always likes to say week one's a liar. You know, Week one right. will lie to you about what these teams are, and then week two, week three, week four, they start to tell you kind of the truth. L- look at the Bills. The Bills look like who, they th- who we thought mm-hmm. they were in weeks two and three compared mm. to week one. I think the Steelers are the same way. Steelers look like more who we thought they were going to be week yeah, two and week three. and maybe just and maybe, maybe. more so in week the, three with that offense. The preseason, I think, elevated those expectations a little unfairly or a little more than we should have let on, right? We were we, we were here thinking, oh, the Steelers could be the five seed in the AFC, and they could win the first-round playoff game easily, and, and maybe, maybe have an upset win. Yeah, maybe even win the division, but maybe have an upset win in the divisional round and have a chance to be in the AFC championship game. I think those expectations have now been tempered. Yes. But I think they're not so much so that we're saying, oh, well, they're not going to be a playoff team. There's no faith in Kenny. The defense without Cam is is screwed just as much as it was last year without T.J. Watt. This team still, like like we started the episode saying, this team has the potential. I think the floor is making the playoffs. And it sh- and that should be what they look at it as for themselves, too. Well, if, like, not, if not higher. Like the esteemed super genius Mr. Madden said on your program today, the morning show, the schedule does look weaker than it did even before the season started. So, yeah, 10 wins, I think that gets you in the playoffs. And I 
I don't see any reason why the Steelers can't get at least eight more wins uh, as far as the rest of their schedule mm-hmm. plays out. Uh, one last guy I wanted to highlight offensively. We can keep talking some offense if we want to, moving into the next segment. Um, but also, well, we got to talk to EJ Watt because I mean, <sighs> dude, dude, I mean, dude, let's just leave it at that. Right can now. we? Dude, you know, we were, dude. we were. I remember after the Bengals game in Week One of last year, saying if he didn't get hurt, I would have been fine giving him Depoy right then and there. I am comfortable. He's the deep boy right now. I am comfortable saying he is not going to, barring any significant injury, and, and pray to God that doesn't happen, I am 100% confident he does not let go. Dude has six sacks, a touchdown. I, I don't know how you compete with those numbers through three games. Micah Parsons is doing his best that he can, and I think it's a two-person race right now between those two, and... We'll, we'll talk more about the comparison between those two, who's the best defensive player in football, and more of gaudy numbers from T.J. Watt uh, in the next episode. But high, offensively, the last guy I want to talk about, George Pickens. Pickens, yeah. I know he only had, what was it, like four catches in the game? Right. But they were a big four catches. Mm-hmm. And again, yak, baby. You see the yak from George Pickens. He is making things happen after the catch. Um Deontay being out left a hole on that team for a receiver, and Pickens has filled that hole greatly in the past two weeks. He had the huge splash play against the Browns and four big catches, a couple first downs, and uh, really kept that helped keep that Steelers offense on schedule against the Raiders. So, I mean, this guy I think is just – he had his first 100-yard game against the Browns. He had a very good output against the Raiders – I just expect more and more and more from this guy as the picket to Pickens connections really starts to dial in. Yeah, how about that? That I think has he gotten there already, or he just needs like a couple more yards to match his entire yak from all of last season. Well, the Steelers' yak is incredible compared to last season. Right, they are like top six in the league right now as far as yards after the catch is concerned, and they've been at the bottom of the league for the past couple of years in that metric. So they are really doing a great job of making plays happen after the catch. And I'm really excited for Deontay to get back and healthy because I right. think he can really add Right, that. something I brought up earlier. I mean, you're allowed to build momentum without all without of your, your pieces. Guys out there, yeah. yeah. And then you get that boost whenever <laughs> mm-hmm. they are healthy. And I think he'll be a big one, too. It's not like you, you, you can look at the offense right now and say, oh, well, they have the stud wide receiver. They have the quick guy in Calvin Austin. They have the veteran guy in Allen Robinson. They don't need anything else more. No, they need a guy like Deontay to – to be that key guy that can create the separation. Because that was kind of what Allen Robinson was being used for in in place of Deontay last, or not last night, on Sunday night. And obviously Deontay is as good as it gets when it comes to creating separation. It's just another offensive weapon to have. You know who I have a lot of respect for in that passing game too? A ton of respect for. And I had already before the year, but even more so, Fryermuth. Things aren't going as he wanted it to at the right. beginning of the season. That dude is a hard worker, he puts his head mm-hmm. down, and he's got two touchdowns. And he's and, got two tatties you know, already too, on the I'll season. I'll point out something else. I know he's not getting the targets that he probably wants, right. or, or he probably deserves, to be quite honest with you. I'm sure it's, he's open more times than not, but he's still with it every single play. He's nowhere near checking out, and he's getting his rewards with getting into the end zone. It's two, he's got two touchdowns on that. I'm game. not even going to bring up the touchdown. I'll bring up a play that didn't convert. That I think it was a third down pass over the middle, he had to complete at, at the perfect time, turn around, jump up, catch a ball over a guy's helmet, didn't get there. But you trust Pat and his effort and his catching abilities to make that kind of play. 
And again, he's not giving up, right? It's not that no, he's. No, no, no. It's not like we saw him on the sidelines throwing his helmet down or no, being short with the media or not even talking no, to the, the media. Difference. It's the opposite. Right. He's a gasser up. He right. gasser up if that's a guy. If that's a thing, he's <laughs> a hype man. Thing. You know, yeah. he's gonna get in Kenny's face. I saw him post on social media the picture of him pointing at Kenny in the mm-hmm. eight ball, and he said him on uh-huh. it. Like he's a guy. He's gonna hype up his quarterback. Right. You know, I heard from another station, it was a bad station, you know, the B team, whatever, the uh, Steeler, X Steeler was on there saying that the Frymouth doesn't get the targets because he doesn't work hard. I, That's it. Uh, who said that? I don't know. Should I name the name? No, we don't have to. That's ignorant to say yeah. that. Um, and it's Again, honest, I just brought up the play that didn't convert, and I was praising him for doing everything he possibly could It's honestly telling on yourself for not knowing enough about the team mm-hmm. to be dubbed an expert because everybody you talk to, Frymuth is one of the hardest workers on yeah. that team. So, ignorant statement to say, and just incredibly untrue one, and very, very weird timing to say that coming off the heels of him scoring the game-winning right, touchdown right. against the Vegas right. Raiders. So, I want to give After credit. having one target in week one. So, I heard that, and I was just really upset about that because I just know it's not true. If you want to say a player's not working hard and it's true, we're radio pundits, we're analysts, we have to take that tact sometimes. But don't say it if it's don't not true. Don't say about the wrong guy. Yeah, Frymuth, especially Frymuth. Frymuth I have the utmost respect for his game, and I know the targets are going to come because I know he is working that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not worried about it. No, neither am I. And, and also I'm not worried about it if he doesn't get the targets because he's going to show up and mm-hmm. ready. He wants to win. Pat right. wants to win more than right. anything else. That's that's the confidence I have in that. I didn't mean to do that thing about Frymouth, but I oh, just yeah. remembered it, and it, it made me mad that I heard no, someone I, say it, that about him. It infuriates me hearing it now. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Akershire Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. We come back. TJ Watt, dude. I mean, just TJ Watt, dude. (sighs) And we'll talk about the defense, too. Corners, three interceptions, but I still don't think they played that great. We'll talk about all that next on the Steelers Standard.